good afternoon, my friends. The doctor is in the house. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. Hey, I'm so happy to be here today. Again, we're keeping this health revolution going. We're going strong without a doubt. And today's show will be no different. I'm so excited today to have some amazing guests. We're going to be talking about the kidneys. Again, organs that I just love. I heart kidneys, without a doubt, guys. So again, welcome back to another episode of Tear Health with Dr. G. My name is Dr. Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician practicing out of Edward Hospital. You know me, check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. Check me out on my handles, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at TearHealthDRG. So today, I'm so excited to have my guests here today. We're going to be talking about some great stuff, but really the complexity, but also the awesomeness, and I love that word, awesomeness, of the kidneys. And the, here's the deal. The reality is that kidney disease, we're trying to create more awareness, and this month of March is National Kidney Month. We're talking about trying to create more awareness about kidney disease in our country, but not just our country, around the world. And it will culminate with World Kidney Day, and I'll tell you guys about that later on this month, which actually I believe actually World Kidney Day is tomorrow, but we'll talk about that later on so I can get you guys the right information. So I'm so excited to welcome everybody back to my show on this great Wednesday. Now you guys are going to meet my panel in a few moments. You know how it works. Every week on this show, I invite a group of experts on, and we talk about a topic, but our goal again is to build trust and deliver truth. And we're talking about getting the right information out there for people. Again, we talk about health. Health, it can be difficult at times to navigate. There's no doubt about that. But if you have a trusted medical team, a team of clinicians, along with your allied health professionals, we truly believe, I personally truly believe, that you can get to your health goals. And again, when you have success in your health, you're more than likely to have success in your life. Get a little deep today. Why not? So again, happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back again. Before we get started and you meet my guests, I want to read a quick disclaimer. The content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com slash disclaimer. So here's the deal. We're keeping this health revolution going. We're talking about kidneys today. And today's show is entitled Conquering Chronic Kidney Disease. And what I want people to do when we're talking about kidney disease, again, go ahead and use that hashtag, heart your kidneys. Again, use the hashtag, heart your kidneys. The stuff that we're going to talk about today cannot just stop today, cannot end today. We have to keep this discussion going on forward and make this part of the everyday discussion for our families because the reality is this. We all know somebody who's been affected by kidney disease. So without further ado, what I want to do is introduce you to my panel. Again, how the show works, I said a few moments ago, I, I invite a group of medical experts on, health experts on, and we talk about a topic to give you guys the right information to make sure that you make informed decisions with your medical team, and again, the goal to live healthy, active, prosperous, and fulfilling lives. So I want to tell you a little bit of story about each guest that I have today, uh, because I know them well. Uh, so I want to uh, introduce you to my guests. So my first guest, uh, he and I uh, go back many years, and we shared some stuff off air that we actually worked at the same job in high school, but at a different location, but it's just kind of funny. But uh, he and I go back many years to when I was walking the halls of Edward Hospital in 2007 when I started there. And we connected uh, certainly uh, over patients, but we just, just built a really good friendship. And yes, he sees a ton of my patients, without a doubt, uh, but again, I truly honor and honor his friendship, and I'm very grateful that uh, my good friend, Dr. Shinta Fang, is on the show. So I want to introduce you guys to my good friend, Dr. Shinta Fang. Um, let me read his credentials. He's a board-certified nephrologist. He's with Edward Medical Group Nephrology, Edward Elmer's Health. Check him out, www.eehealth.org. Dr. Fang, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. To, I'm so, of course, I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm happy to be here. It's my show. But I'm so happy to have you here. And again, we've known each other for 12 years now, and we've had a lot of patients that have, that, have, that have gone to your clinic. A lot of my personal patients have seen you. And again, I really appreciate our friendship uh, and also our professional relationship, too, which you've taken care of so many great patients of, of mine. And I hope that, that my patients, when you see them, they have, they have good things to say about me. 
uh, without question every time. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. So, uh, so thank you for coming on the show today. Why don't you just, just tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you do your, your medical school? Where did you do your residency? Where did you do your fellowship? Uh, I'm from the Chicago area. Uh, I was born in Evanston. I went to undergrad med school at Northwestern and subsequently to Minnesota for residency and fellowship. And then, and then when I came back to Illinois with my wife, uh, we moved into a town that I had never heard of, Naperville. <laughs> so I actually never heard of Naperville until I was a third year resident at Loyola, and some of the residents at Loyola were doing some, um, some night, uh, nighttime services uh, over there at Edward Hospital. So it's just kind of random how it works out, but this is how the universe has brought us together. So thank you. Why don't you just give us one more thing. What's your take on just kidneys? Because you are a practicing nephrologist, so when I talk about heart, your kidneys, that really speaks to you. It does. I think that the primary issue from the kidney standpoint is is that uh, we take the kidneys for granted, and uh, the prevalence of kidney disease is much higher than I think is under is generally understood in the population, and that um, there's much more we can do proactively and preemptively to try to prevent problems in the future. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. My next guest, she and I connected recently through some mutual colleagues of, of ours uh, working together through the expansive network of Edward Elmer's Health, because it is quite an expansive network. But again, our paths crossed, and this is, again, how the universe works. And so uh, I'm so happy to, to get to get to know you. We were talking a little bit off air, uh, just about just things that, are, that we're passionate about, and I'm so excited to have her on. So I want to introduce my next guest, Heather Bautista. She's a naturopathic physician by trade, certified nutrition specialist. She's a licensed dietitian, nutritionist. She's with Edward Elmer's Health. Check her out www.eehealth.org. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, give us a little bit. You're absolutely, absolutely welcome. <laughs> give us a little bit about your background, because you know your path is, is is an interesting path because you went you you started uh, doing uh, training as a naturopathic right. physician, and then you've gotten into really helping to spearhead and help do a lot of seeing a lot of patients with the integrative health clinic through right. Edward Elmer's Health as a dietitian. Right. So. Um, Going through the education part of it, I understood that in this state, naturopaths are not licensed. But I really honed in on the philosophy of a lot of preventative medicine and how to um, achieve health through lifestyle and diet. So with that passion, after graduation, I was like, what am I going to do with this, with this doctorate degree that technically is not validated in the state? Um, so I further board certified myself with that certified nutrition specialist. And again, I was always spearheaded towards um, food as being medicine. Um, luckily, I grew up in a family that always prompted healthy he eating habits. Um, so it just naturally came to me. Um, then I found out, oh, with that board certification, I can hold at least some sort of licensure, which is the LDN and actually became one of the first to hold that LDN license as an ND in this state. Um, so now I act as an advocate for NDs that graduate out, that are staying in an unlicensed state, what can you do? And since we are very um, much getting to the foundations of health, which is part of it is nutrition, right? This is just one way to stay in a state that at least legally you can give some advice. Excellent. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the show, and I really look forward to pick your brain, picking your brain about as far as just even the nutritional component. I like how you mm -hmm. said food is medicine, and it's undoubtedly true, uh, especially when we're talking about the things that lead to chronic kidney disease, the, the, a lot of the risk factors. So now that you guys have met our guests, the panel, they're hashtag fierce. Uh, again, hashtag heart your kidneys. Uh, now that you met the panel, we're going to talk about some stuff. So when people come in and see us in the practice, we call it the chief complaint. And when we're talking about trying to create more awareness about chronic kidney disease, it really comes down to like, what is, what are we doing about this? How do we raise more, more awareness? Because here's the deal, and I'll give you a couple stats. 30 million adults are estimated in this country to have chronic kidney disease. And one in three American adults are at risk 
for chronic kidney disease. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit more to create more awareness. Again, this conversation does not need to stop today. It actually needs to continue. And when we have like-minded people like we have today talking about this, we hope that you pass that word on to your loved ones, share it with your family, talk to your doctor to see if you're at risk. There's some simple tests that you can do. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But again, we want to keep this conversation going and let's use this momentum of getting healthier together, without a doubt. So the question of the hour is, uh, how do we create more awareness about chronic kidney disease amongst the general population and what steps need to be taken to reduce its burden? Someone asked this question to, to Dr. Fang. Uh, as a practicing nephrologist, certainly you see the whole spectrum of, of disorders that lead to chronic kidney disease. A lot of times when people come into your office, they've already, uh, usually a lot of my patients, when I send my patients over to you, they've already got signs of chronic kidney disease. But why don't we take a step back, let's peel this back a little bit. Um, what are some of the common risk factors that you see for chronic kidney disease? Well, the reason why chronic kidney disease is so prevalent with the 30 million Americans or 15% incidence in the adult population having chronic kidney disease is because of the prevalence of, of hypertension and diabetes. Um, these two entities are responsible for probably three quarters of all chronic kidney disease. And you know, their incidence is on the rise as our population ages and um, there are things that we can do much earlier on um, to, to prevent chronic kidney disease from manifesting and, and hopefully preventing the progression of chronic kidney disease and onto dialysis. And that's ultimately what we're, what we're trying to avoid is the uh, problems associated with dialysis and NSAID kidney disease. Well, thanks for the clarification on that. It's, uh, and I'm gonna reiterate what Dr. Fang just said again, diabetes, hypertension, and we're seeing obviously the rise. Diabetes burden in this country is so high. Uh, we did a diabetes show on Tear Off with Dr. G. Check it out on my Facebook page. Check it out on my website as well, too, on the older episodes. And, um, and hypertension, of course, uh, a lot of people are walking around in this country not knowing they have high blood pressure. We're still having people that don't show up to the doctor's office to even get diagnosed in the first place. And the reality is that we have a disease model as far as health and we don't enter, people typically don't enter the, the health system until they have a disease burden that's present. The reality is that as a disease burden is present late, it's hard to intervene on or we need to be more aggressive in our interventions and we're hoping that people uh, can go ahead and, and stay ahead of the curve and ahead of the game when it comes to preventing those disorders. Let me ask you this question, Heather, because going back to this thing about food mm -hmm. as medicine, which is, which is so true, and I'm going to give a quick reference to my plant-based uh, show that I did back in November to talk about the power of plant-based nutrition as it leads to um, uh, reducing uh, diabetes risk and hypertension risk. As 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 a as a as a nutritionist, how do you see things fit as far as like, hey, we need to get better with preventing diabetes, preventing hypertension, that would then hopefully not have many patients show up at Dr. Fang's office. Right. So that's the challenge because people just nowadays are not aware. You know, we we. We are creatures of habit, right? So many times we see patients that already are developed into eating the certain foods that they like, and it's hard to make that shift into, okay, what's healthy, what's not healthy? Am I reading labels? Am I um, eating enough fruits, vegetables in the diet? You know, so it, it's, it's difficult when you're, when you're talking with some of these patients because realistically, not realistically, but... I mean, it's easy to say, yes, eat your fruits and vegetables. That's a good thing. That's a good, always a good thing. But when it comes to application, that's when you get the whole, you know, I'm too busy or it, it just doesn't taste good or, you know, I, I just don't have the funds even to, to support such a lifestyle. So working around that, I mean, is, is difficult in itself because, again, I work with a lot of lifestyle changes, a lot of food changes, habit changes. Um, but going back to the question of how it, it correlates to chronic kidney disease is that many of the patients already come to me for, um, for diabetes, hypertension. Okay, that's the, the, the first thing that they come to me for. And I have to elicit the, the or not the diagnosis, but the conversation that if there's no, if you're not going to take the steps to take hold of your health, these things can happen down the line, right? So once you tell them that, oh, 
kidney disease can be a possibility, you know, that kind of elicits a little bit of fear, right? So that now they're just a little bit more in tune to, okay, what can I do? Yes, I'm going to see my medical doctor. Yes, I'm going to take the precautions, what they say, but what can I do at home, right? And that home part is the nutrition part. Excellent. And I know for me, it's like you got to plant the seed early. That's why I always stress to people, and I, you guys heard me say this on the show before, once a year, at the minimum, once a year, see your doc. Get your physical. That's a time to kind of just see where you're at, to establish your foundation, and allow us to track some trends. You know, you may be feeling fine. You may be feeling amazing. But I want you to take that and invest in yourself. We have choice every day. And so invest in yourself. Make that choice. See your doc once a year. If you, have, if you haven't had a physical in the last year, call your doc. Get on the schedule now. See where you're at. A lot of the things that we do, and certainly me as a primary care doctor, yeah, we're running those kind of labs. We're screening people. Someone asked this question to Dr. Fang. Dr. Fang, um, uh, the, the American Society of Nephrology emphasizes the importance of, of screening everybody. My, uh, my uh, internal medicine, American Board of Internal Medicine, may have screening more screening people that have risk factors for chronic kidney disease, but your organization, of course, has screened everybody. So what are the kind of simple tests that we can do for people out there that are, that are listening? How, how do people know if they're getting screened for chronic kidney disease or kidney disease in general? Well, to your, to your point, it, it's, this, is a, uh, this is a condition where like so many other conditions, there aren't symptoms early on. So people with early chronic kidney disease, similar to COPD or liver disease, there's no awareness that something is not, is not, is not right. So um, the routine labs that we do on your yearly physical uh, include measurements of the blood tests that assess your kidney function and also look at your urine samples. And those two tests are key in determining if someone has evidence of chronic kidney disease. And those things can be abnormal uh, far earlier than when symptoms manifest. And at that point, um, things can be put into place to help prevent the progression of this process. And that's a combination of, of healthy lifestyle choices, um, dietary modification, and, and working with your primary doctor. So I know, I think for me, when I see people come into my office and they're coming in for a routine physical, yeah, they're getting a urine sample, they're getting a urinalysis uh, to easily assess to see if there's any abnormalities in the urine, uh, and they're also getting a creatinine uh, as part of their basic, what's called a comprehensive metabolic panel, so we can measure the marker, uh, the creatinine level, uh, which is a great marker for chronic kidney disease or just kidney health in general, and then of course the calculation with the estimated what's called a GFR, the glomerular, glomerular filtration rate uh, as well too. So we can look at those kind of parameters and say, hey, are you good or are you not good? Um, I know that's usually my barometer before I say, oh my gosh, you know, hey, there's a little bit of a change in the numbers, I'm gonna have them go see you. Um, are there any other kind of tests, when I ask this question about the Dr. Fang, are there any other kind of tests outside of just simple uh, a blood tests and a urine sample, because we're gonna keep this simple, uh, there are there other tests that are out there that look at chronic kidney disease, or or would you just say for people out there that that may want to ask questions for the doctor, just say you know those are the two simple tests to do. So I think those are the two primary screening tests. So if if you're a, a relatively healthy individual and you have a normal creatinine level, which is basically another way of saying you're measuring your blood waste, uh, which is eliminated by the kidneys. If your blood waste levels are normal and your urine sample is also normal, meaning that you're not leaking protein or blood into the urine, which are signs of damage to the microscopic kidney filters, then the likelihood of having chronic kidney disease is extremely small. Um, there's another test that can be done, which is an imaging study, an abrenal ultrasound, but this is not a normal screening test. This is something that's directed more towards specific disease states. If you have evidence of kidney stones, or if you have frequent kidney infections, or that type of thing, um, I would say that the blood and urine tests are the primary ways to measure or to assess if you have chronic kidney disease. Thank you, and, and very simple, without a doubt. So, and I like doing that, if I see somebody just once a year, I just do that, but I'm seeing people routinely, if somebody does have diabetes or high blood pressure, if we're talking about a family member that's out there, yes, we encourage them to get seen regularly so they can make sure those kidneys are good. Because the reality is this, when we talk about uh, complications of kidney disease, say kidney disease goes untreated, then we're talking about a lot of risks where we're looking at, you know, the, the worst case scenario, dialysis. 
Uh, you know, but we're looking at other complications, including cardiovascular uh, risk, we're, you know, uh, morsening uh, blood pressure risk, and a whole host of other things that can happen if it's not treated. So we want to create that urgency. Um, Heather, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, like, any from, are there any kind of disparities that are out there when we're looking at people that may be more likely to get kidney problems that you see, um, you know, in your clinic, or you see more, more um, African-American individuals, Caucasian, uh, Latinos, the, the, does it, have you seen any kind of correlation? I mean, definitely with the rise in diabetes, uncontrolled diabetes, um, that, that's, again, one of the primary things that I see. Um, so that, that kind of already leaks into, okay, what demographic is that? And that's everyone now across the board. Every nationality has their, their fair share of diabetic instances. So whether it's African-American, Asian, white, Caucasian, they're, they're all sitting in front of me saying that they have this diabetic issue. So Yeah, well, I think what you're saying is that chronic kidney disease or kidney disease does not discriminate. Uh, if you have those risk factors, then you have a higher chance to do it. Now, we have risk with everything in life, and again, we are, we are risk-averse as people versus risk-taking. So again, when we talk about trying to make sure that we control those things that lead to risk, we want to make sure that we make sure that everybody has opportunity for success. Uh, you know, interesting, I want to ask this question, Dr. Fang. I'm seeing a rise in some chronic kidney disease. You know, we talk about diabetes and hypertension as the, as the overwhelming majority of causes of kidney disease. But I'm seeing it now in people that have uh, obesity. Uh, we're seeing it in, um, and certainly in that population, we're seeing it in people that have maybe some family histories, which, which may be a little less likely. Uh, obviously, not the biggest ones as, as far as hypertension and diabetes, but we're seeing some other factors come into play, even like HIV population, you're looking at hepatitis C populations. So you're seeing it in other kind of unique populations as well too, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, so there are, so in that last third quarter to a third of people who don't have diabetes or hypertension as their cause of chronic kidney disease, there's a number of other entities and um, you alluded to them in terms of some infectious diseases like HIV and hepatitis. Um, obesity itself, um, it does, does lead to some issues with the kidneys. It obviously predisposes to hypertension, diabetes, but it causes, um, you know, hyperfiltration, which is a term that is analogous somewhat to more work of the kidneys. Um, and people do have protein in the urine and other complications as a result of that. Um, you know, there's autoimmune conditions that can arise, like lupus is a common cause, but there are a number of other primary kidney diseases that can occur, unfortunately, that are not related to the things that we do. Um, and we still don't know the cause of many of these other kidney diseases, but ultimately that proportion of kidney disease is much smaller than, than the aforementioned hypertension and diabetes. So, Heather, let me ask you this question. When we're talking about going back to some of the nutritional support, you know, there, the reality is, is yes, we want to provide equity and have equal access to proper nutritional sources, but we know the reality is that there's certainly inequities in the system, and, and, and whether we're, we're living on the south side of Chicago versus out in the burbs in Naperville, how do we kind of even the playing field, and from your perspective, if we're talking about, about the things that lead to chronic kidney disease, diabetes, heart disease, and other factors, but if somebody can't have good food, the right resources, then how are we gonna move the needle in preventing people uh, from getting chronic kidney disease in the first place? I think that's the education piece. Um, taking the time, again, to explain why foods are better than the next, um, mainly I'm talking about the processed food, the fast foods, things like that. Um, so actually explaining what happens when those foods get metabolized, I often find that people people are more receptive to it. So what happens when you ingest this certain fat? What happens when you ingest this french fry? Where are these metabolites going, these electrolytes going? How is that affecting each organ so that they can see it happening in their head? Because again, you're dealing with the, the lake, community that doesn't understand or doesn't know internal organs. So when you are able to put a picture to it, it's a little bit easier to apply. So that, that just takes education and the time to spend with that patient to to talk to them about that. 
So it's the education part on top of, you know, making sure that communities, certain communities have the access and that has to get down to the political views of that, that, that town or that city. Um, trying to get more access, more, more um, finances to get healthier options out there. Excellent. Dr. Fang, I want to ask you the same question because, you know, we've, we've known each other for a long time, but we never really talked at that kind of level of saying how do we level the playing field. Uh, and we were talking just a few moments ago that chronic kidney disease does not discriminate, but if we're talking about the disease burdens that are there. How do we kind of level the playing field? How do we make sure that people have equal access to make sure that they're not putting themselves at risk because of their inherent situation where they might be in? What's your approaches on that? Well, I think this is a difficult question. You know, um, you know, there are a lot of inequities clearly between communities. You know, we practice in an area that is that uh, has the advantage of um, of having a lot of good access to medical care and having good physicians who help explain things to patients. Um, you know, it's hard to reach underserved areas. Um, they tend not to have as many physicians, many providers. Um, and, and awareness of this problem is, is much smaller. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned this because there are a number of patients I've had um, from Naperville, from the western suburbs, who uh, had kidney disease, got kidney transplant, and um, through their own nature, through their own goodness, they now travel throughout the country and speak on, a, on behalf of the National Kidney Foundation um, the gift of hope and spread the message about, you know, um, good nutrition, good habits, um, transplant, and so on, in terms of trying to spread that awareness and, and help people uh, do better things to prevent these things from happening. I love that idea of connecting this and, and paying it forward because that's what we we're talking about. And it's very interesting how we're going to make this transition because. You know, we're talking about now, can somebody open a door for the next person? Somebody that had a disease burden can, can help others that may be going through that same process. And it's a perfect way to segue into uh, National Kidney Month. And again, you guys are listening here on Intellectual Radio. You're checking us out as well, too. Um, and so I, I want to make sure that, you know, as we talk about advocacy for disease, and again, it's all about prevention. And Heather, you mentioned it a few moments ago, we have to do better in that. So we're talking about National Kidney Month, again, hashtag heart your kidneys on social media. The goal is to raise uh, more awareness to promote kidney health and kidney disease. World Kidney Day is actually tomorrow, March 14th. And again, I would challenge you guys to use that, use that uh, hashtag, hashtag uh, heart your kidneys, because we want to keep this conversation going. So I just love how somebody, people are just providing that that um, that catalyst for change. And the reality is that when it comes to health, sometimes things happen to us, and then all of a sudden something turns on and we're, just, we're, we're destined to do more. And I know I've had some, you know, I want to think about myself and some of the different journeys I've had in my life. Uh, my journey to get to, to where we're at here today and having this conversation, which is a great way to keep this conversation going forward, uh, my journey, personal journey, was not a straight line. It was not from point A to point B. And the reality is we always, all of us have entered probably in the health system and have had some health challenges because we're human. Uh, and even though we try to do the right things to make sure that we stay well, again, staying engaged and seeing your doctor, sometimes things happen. Uh, you know, we like to have control as humans. We don't like, we don't like not having control. It's a little uncomfortable. But sometimes when something's out of your hands, something happens, all of a sudden other doors open up. So I love hearing that people are going around talking and engaging others into wellness. So I want to ask this question to Heather. You know, we're talking about, again, National Kidney Month. What's your thoughts on how do we keep this conversation going today, after today? Well, I'm a big advocate of, again, education. So classes, offered classes at the community level. Um, I know that Edward Elmhurst does a good job at um, developing these classes, especially to listening to what the patients are looking for, what they're interested in. Um, but classes, um, shows like this, just keeping yourself informed, even following people on social media. You know, you're scrolling every day down Instagram, or Facegram, Facebook, right? Um, but following these people that advocate health and then oh, look, they're talking about kidney health. Just, again, to keep you reminded of, oh, that's something I should always be aware of. 
Man. Dr. Fang, what's your thoughts on how we keep this conversation going on after today? Well, you know, it's, I, I think that um, there's a different place for all of us. I think some of us are, like yourself, um, who are, are, are great in front of an audience and can speak to large swaths of the population <laughs> comfortably. And there's some of us who have social phobias, like myself, who uh, I can't tell. We're doing very great. uncomfortable You're in doing these great. situations. It's one of the most stressful moments I can think of in recent memory. But um, I, I think it's what Heather alluded to as well, which is education. And you know, it's 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 something that's difficult, I think, in the medical profession because we all have to, we all have external pressures to to see patients and. You know, none of us went into this. I don't believe most of us went into the medical field to see a lot of people. I think we all went to the medical field to see people and to do it well. Um, and, you know, it's very rewarding to see, you know, when you sit down and you talk to somebody, um, you know, like Heather educating someone about diabetes and your diet, yourself, um, and a diabetes clinic. Um, and having them say, wow, I didn't know that these are things that I could I could do or I should do um, that could prevent future problems. And uh, when they see that, when they, when they have that epiphany, then they end up spreading the word to their family members and to friends. And they'll say, you know, my, my brother or my sister-in-law has kidney disease. I'm going to tell them about, you know, what are the things they can do to try to prevent problems down the line. And I think we all do it individually, um, but I think as a medical community, um, as long as we're in this for our patients, which I think we are, then then the word will spread. Well, I like how you said, there's the individual aspects, but really as we're sitting here today, it's really the collective aspect, the collective, collective effort that allows us to make that change. And again, we all want people to, we all want the best for our patients, regardless of what our clinical background is, our, our medical discipline, health discipline, we all want the same things for our patients to live healthy and active lives. And we have to have this kind of conversation and, and that's really my thought. But again, pushing it forward, paying it forward to the next person is awesome. And again, there's power in numbers. So when we talk about doing this often, we wanna make sure that, uh, again, the message gets spread and sent out there. And again, let's keep this health revolution going. Again, we're gonna make uh, America healthy again. <laughs> so, hey, so what I want to do now, I want to switch topics a little bit. You can't have a show about chronic kidney disease without talking about dialysis. Uh, because that, because when I sit down with people and we talk about chronic kidney disease, when I make that diagnosis and I'm going to say, hey, you might need to go see, you probably need to go see Dr. Fang or you might need to get a, a nutritionist involved like Heather. Um, a lot of people, their first question to me is, oh, my God. What is, well, first of all, they say, what is chronic kidney disease? And then the second question is, am I going to need dialysis? So, Dr. Fang, let me come back at you with this question. Uh, does everybody that have chronic kidney disease, does everybody need dialysis? No. So only a small percentage of people with chronic kidney disease eventually need some type of dialysis or transplant. Um, it really depends on early recognition, uh, early intervention. Um, you know, there are people who unfortunately have kidney disorders. This is the minority of people who don't have something that can be uh, corrected. But, you know, since most of people who are on dialysis are on dialysis because of diabetes and hypertension, um, if, if those people intervene early, change their lifestyle habits, are compliant with, with, with exercise and diet and so on and their medications, then the great majority of those people can avoid that unfortunate outcome. The D, the D word. Yeah, the yes. D word. Uh, and the reality is, is I think reassurance, and Heather's talked about it, Dr. Vane's talked about it, is, is you know, you be open, you're honest with your patients, and, and you help them get through some of these challenges that they, that they may have if they were to get diagnosed with it. But I, I always like telling people, I, I kind of use some estimates, some tools at the bedside, and I say, okay, based on where your kidneys are at, if you were to lose... Uh, a minor percentage of function each year for the next uh, handful of years, you're going to be 95 by the time you need dialysis. And people kind of say, oh, okay. Uh, you know, and so I'll have those kind of moments. I'm like, I'm just doing this. You know, you need to talk to Dr. Fang, get more specifics. But like, this is kind of my estimate. You will literally have to be like 90 years old before 
uh, I had that conversation with you that uh, you might need dialysis, plus I hope to be retired before that time to some of my patients, so I don't really want to have that conversation. So, but, I get ex uh, but I get excited to talk about health. So anything that's about health, I'm all about it, and anything that's about prevention, I'm all about that kind of stuff, because we have to do this together. There's, a, again, power in numbers. So I want to ask this question. Um, back to Heather again. So uh, again, from a nutritional standpoint, and it's just very interesting hearing your kind of t take on things. Uh, what are kind of the, the tools when we think about kidney diet? Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean to you? I typically approach patients from a kind of simplify chronic disease in general as a form of inflammatory response that has been going on for years, right? So when you apply that concept to nutrition, you have to look at is this food going to cause more inflammation or is it going to cause less inflammation, right? So this is kind of gearing towards either being a more plant-based diet, getting off of processed foods, the manufactured foods. Um, so I, I kind of explain it in that respect. So that once patients are at least on a cleaner diet, right, that inflammatory response should go down just slightly, okay? And then patients start feeling better, then they're like, okay, what else can I do? You know, maybe it's the weight that comes off, maybe their blood pressure goes down, maybe they don't need as much insulin. Now since they're feeling better, oh, okay, let's, let's incorporate some exercise in there, you know, just because the energy levels are up. So it's about taking it piece by piece. And again, I look at foods as if it is it going to make you inflamed or not. Okay, so I teach people that that concept first. Okay, because yes, you can get into okay the the healthful foods technically that have a lot of um, potassium, sodium that naturally occur, but typically the patients that are already at the chronic stage are already just eating processed foods. It's very rare that you hear that, oh yeah, no, I'm eating salads, I'm eating um, my, my share of vegetables, my share of fruits. It's very rare. When you really get into their diet, no, they're eating a lot of fast foods, um, things coming out of the packages. So when you, ha when you have that conversation, and you slowly gear them towards, again, a better lifestyle, then they'll see some resolution in that inflammatory response. That's a, you know, I've seen personally, uh, and I, uh, a number of months ago, I started to do this kind of clean eating mm -hmm. resolution when I uh, really got properly educated when I did my plant-based show. And my wife and I have been making this transition towards more plant-based eating. And I tell you what, uh, you know, when you think about anti-inflammatory foods mm -hmm. versus foods that promote inflammation, I mean, there's no doubt the difference is light and, night and day as far as how you feel once you stay consistent in those efforts. And I like how you said it, where you're doing more of the nutritional support little by little, mm -hmm. and then layering on top of then the exercise components. Yeah. But I love how you're creating like this positive domino effect mm -hmm. because people will be reinforced to say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling great. I want to keep doing this more. And there's like this euphoria about that. And that can be applied across all sorts of health challenges. But as you're talking about now, again, talking about the, the, the things that affect the kidneys, I mean, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Excellent. Dr. Fang, what's your approach when you think about kidney-related diets? So I think there's, you know, a lot of our patients have many other medical issues. They're, they have heart failure. They have vascular disease. They have, on top of their kidney issues, they, they have a, they have dyslipidemia. So, and, and a lot of them are seniors. And, and I think that sometimes we make it too difficult for them um, because they'll come into the office, they'll say you know, they've read online about the kidney diet, they've read online about the diabetes diet, the, 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 um, the heart diet, the hypertension diet, and they're just overwhelmed with the things they have to do. Um, and so I think sometimes they're just not sure what to do. So from, I think that what both of you have alluded to is that it's actually probably much simpler than that, and, and, and that a more of a plant-based anti-inflammatory diet is good for all of those conditions, right? And so you can argue that that one diet is good from a kidney function standpoint, promoting kidney health. It's good from a diabetic standpoint. It's good from a hypertension standpoint. It's good for promoting weight loss. Um, it's good for everything that ails you, and it's good for preventing the things that could ail you. So... Um, the kidney diet, there probably really isn't a true kidney diet. Um, 
you know, there's different ways to define it. Uh, a kidney diet, um, basically, we generally apply this to people who have more significant kidney disease. And these are people who we might put on a slight protein restriction or we might put on a, a mild potassium restriction. Not so much because those things prevent kidney disease, but because um, they help prevent some of the manifestations or the consequences of chronic kidney disease. Um, so the focus is not so much on that, it's more on a healthy diet that uh, is good for everything. Excellent. Well, you, you said it great. And again, you know, I think one of the, a lot of the shows that I've done so far on t with Dr. G have really centered about, around, uh, when we talk about some of the medical conditions, really centered around, centered around having that healthy foundation with nutrition. Uh, and now it's just a matter of, we can talk about it, of course, but it's a matter of just doing it. And, and, and we hope that, that as people continue to work with their, their healthcare team, but also their loved ones, and, and can find the reason why you do this. You know, I had a I had a gentleman on my show a few weeks ago who talked about. You know, I wake up in the morning, I look at my daughter, and I go, and he says, "You know, you're the most absolute beautiful thing ever," and it makes him want to do more things. And so, whatever kind of motivates you, whatever kind of passion you have, I want people to use that and apply it to your health, but also apply it to your life. The things that are important to you are things that keep you moving, that make you want to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to put down that that hundred calories of French fries and eat hundred calories of." broccoli, uh, but, or I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm going to put down that pop and drink more water to stay more properly hydrated. So there's so many different things. So I, t I, I challenge people out there to say, hey, you know what, I, I don't want to get this kind of a disease. I don't want to kind of get these kind of challenges, and, and, and I don't want to necessarily have to visit Dr. Fang in the office. And there's no disrespect with that one because, uh, because you know, I, I, I've had a couple specials where they'll say, I want to actually be put out of business if I can help help stave off disease. Uh, but the reality is, you know, we're still facing these rising epidemics, but as we continue to create more awareness and public uh, engagement, we can continue to do much better. So what I want to do now is I want to shift to my myths versus facts section, and something that we've done a lot on To Your Health with Dr. G, and really the point of myths versus facts is to set the record straight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a statement, I'm going to ask my panelists to say, Myth or fact? It's going to be kind of a little rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. And they're going to say myth or fact, and give us a few sentences why it's a myth or a fact. Then again, the purpose of when I do myths versus facts every week on the show is to really create the right answers. Again, navigating health can be difficult, but we want people to leverage me, leverage my network of experts. I actually might participate in this myth versus facts. Usually, I just pick on my guests, but I actually might make a little commentary myself. We'll see. I don't know. It depends how I feel. We'll go from there. <laughs> All right. So here it is: chronic kidney disease, chronic kidney disease, myths versus facts. Here on T. Health with Dr. G. Here we go. Dr. Fang, here's a statement. You say myth or fact, and tell us why. Here we go. Chronic kidney disease is a rare condition. It is not. It is very prevalent, and. Um it's something that we can definitely do something about, but it is quite common. So I'm going to say, you're going to say myth on that one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> myth. Triple, triple myth. Yes. There you go. Excellent. Here we go. Heather, myth or fact. Here we go. All right, I'm going to pick one from these lists of things. Oh, I like this one. Here we go. Myth or fact. The only treatment for chronic kidney disease is dialysis. Total myth, right? So we, we want you to prevent you from going on dialysis, right? But in some cases, okay, this is kind of go, going to go twofold. If you need it, you're going to have to need it. But, um, you know, there's ways to prevent you from going to that stage if you take some of the lifestyle changes given to you. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, here we go. Myth versus facts. Dr. Fang, here we go. You will know if you have chronic kidney disease. Myth. Um... The symptoms of chronic kidney disease only manifest late in the process, so um, by the time you have the symptoms, it is very far along. So early on, there are no symptoms. All right. Here we go. Here's one for Heather. Here we go. Hydration is important in maintaining kidney health. Oh, that's true. Ah, so that's your fact and, in there. And, and I want to say with water. <laughs> hydration with water. Good clarification on that one. Not hydration with uh, pop at all or, uh, or energy drinks. So there we go. Here we go. Myth versus fact. Next thing, here we go for Dr. Fang. People with chronic kidney disease can exercise. They should exercise as much as possible. Um, I think exercise has multiple benefits, and it generally leads to improvements in all of their risk factors that can lead to worsening of their kidney function. Excellent. So that was a fact. 
It is a, I'm sorry, I should leave with that, it's a fact. Uh, we're just having fun, but thank you. It is truly a fact. Here we go. Next, next statement here. Here we go. For Heather, um, I like this one. Here's a statement. No one knows what causes chronic kidney disease. No one knows what causes chronic kidney disease. <laughs> That's a myth, because obviously, um, like Dr. Fang and you are saying, the, the, the biggest risk, risk factors are going to be hypertension and diabetes. So. Correct, so that is a myth. Here we go. Dr. Fang, myth versus fact. People with kidney problems cannot eat bananas. Um, most people with kidney problems can eat bananas. I'm not a big fan of bananas myself. Um, but uh, in terms of their taste, but but bananas are otherwise good for you, and as long as you're someone who has uh, no issues with, with high potassium, bananas are good for you. Excellent. Here we go. Another myth versus fast. We have a couple more of these. Here we go. Water is a healthier choice for your kidneys than high calorie sugary drinks. Myth or fact? All right. Excellent. You want to give us a quick statement why? sugary drinks are no good for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Excellent. Right, here we go. Here we go. Um, I like this one. Here we go, Dr. Fang. All kidney disease patients have swelling of body parts. Um, so again, this is one of those manifestations that occurs later in the, in, the, in the process of chronic kidney disease. So this is not something that manifests early. Um, and uh, so the so this statement is a myth. Excellent. I'm going to do this one. Here we go. I'm going to participate in this first test. Here we go. Here's the statement. If you are at risk for chronic kidney disease, there is nothing you can do about it. That is a quadruple myth. Uh, you can do anything about your health. Uh, and the first thing you have to do is just choose to be engaged and go see your doctor. If your doctor diagnoses you with chronic kidney disease, there's plenty of things that you can do about it. And again, we talked about the most common factors, diabetes and hypertension. You control those underlying disease burdens and you'll minimize your risk for having progressive chronic kidney disease. All right, and then here we go. We'll do one more of these. Uh, I'll give this to Dr. Fang. Here we go. Uh, chronic kidney disease, the final statement. Testing for kidney disease is a long and costly process. That is also a quadruple myth. I like that, a quadruple it myth. Is, it is something that is, is done on a, on a regular basis and is part of your annual exam. Excellent. There's no doubt we want to talk about engagement and continue to create opportunity. Those tests are available. Just call your doctor. Any screening test uh, is available, and you can get that done at your next complete physical exam. As I throw my plug in for getting a physical, if you haven't had one in more than a year, it's time to get one done with your doc. All right, so hey, guys, we've got about five minutes left. This has been a great discussion talking about conquering chronic kidney disease talking about awareness, what it is, what the risk factors are, but more importantly, how to keep this conversation going. So what I want to do at this point, we, we talked at the beginning, the chief complaint, the question of the hour about creating more awareness and how do we reduce the burden of chronic kidney disease. Um, when we see people in the practice, we call it the assessment and plan when you're about to be done with your, your patient for the day. And really that's us coming down and just trying to give them a diagnosis, uh, give them a treatment plan, and most importantly, give them a follow-up because you have to follow up when it comes to your health. That's seriously the most important thing out there. So as we're kind of wrapping this up, I'm going to start with Heather. Heather, give us a couple of take-home points uh, for consumers out there to be successful with kidney health. Stay well hydrated with water. Um, one of my biggest things with patients with any issue, health issue across the board, is reduce your sugar intake significantly. Um, and less, just get off of as much as you can processed food. Excellent. Well, thank you, Heather. And again, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. Dr. Fang, give us a couple take-home points about people trying to be successful with kidney health. So I think this goes back again to, you know, not focusing necessarily on the kidneys themselves because the kidneys are an integral part of your entire physiology. And so I think that if people, if the general population, you know, you look at yourself and you say, instead of, you know, you look at yourself and you say, well, I think most of us have enough knowledge to know that what we're eating is good or bad or whether our habits are good or bad or whether we get exercise or not. I think most of us are aware that exercise is important, healthy eating is important. 
And so I think if you can look at yourself each day and say, you know what, generally speaking, I'm, I'm eating properly, I get some physical activity, um, I'm staying hydrated, then you are way ahead of the game. So it's, it's being honest with yourself, it's, um, it's, having, some, it's, it's, it's having some awareness and, and um, being proactive. And that has, because ultimately as physicians, we can, we can instruct you or give you, give you um, recommendations as to what to do. Uh, ultimately, you have, ultimately, a consumer has to incorporate that information into their daily activities. And really, it's, n it's not that complicated. It's actually fairly straightforward. Um, and I think most people can accomplish this. Excellent. Thank you. And again, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Dr. Fang. So here's my kind of fin final take on points. Here's the reality. Chronic kidney disease, the overwhelming majority of chronic kidney disease is preventable. And it's preventable through making healthy choices. It's preventable by staying engaged with your physician, the rest of your healthcare team, and also being engaged with your family. We always talk about the risk factors that lead to chronic kidney disease, which are preventable as well too. We just want people to stay involved in their healthcare. Make health your priority. When you do that, the possibilities are gonna be endless. So again, I thank you very much. Hey, you guys have been listening and watching live on Facebook at intellectualradio.com. I wanna thank my guests. We have just a great panel today. Thank you again for coming out, you guys. I want to thank Heather Bautista, naturopathic physician, certified nutrition specialist, licensed dietitian, nutritionist, Edward Elmer's Health. Check her out at www.eehealth.org. My good friend, Dr. Shinta Fang, board-certified nephrologist, Edward Medical Group Nephrology, Edward Elmer's Health. Look at the Edward Elmer's Health connection here today. Check him out, www.eehealth.org. This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez, MD, and Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Producer is Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Music is by my brother-in-law, the wonderful Mr. Havis. Copyright 2019 by MDG Wellness, LLC. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We're talking that vaping show. You guys check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. Peace out.